A huge welcome to this week's video insight series. We're getting close to a name now, but if you've got any thoughts, just give us a shout on that side of things. If you haven't watched one before, what is the purpose of this? To sort of speak to people doing interesting things, who've had interesting journeys, to get their insights of what it's like to launch a business, grow a business, what it's like to do their job, to be involved in charities, to collaborate across different sectors. Anything that is interesting that can give you sort of top tips, insights, Anything like that can provide value add to you. That is the purpose of these little interviews. If you have any ideas, post them in the comment section, post them in the relevant area below this video. We want to hear from you. We want to know, are we covering the right areas? What areas would you like to cover? And then we can speak to the people we're interviewing exactly about those points to get them answered for you. Remember the key thing is, is we're better if we're stronger together. To do that, we've got to share and be open with each other and sort of create that community. On the subject of communities, a nice little segue in there, is um, an individual who I met two years ago, possibly, within one of the communities I'm a part of. And it's massive, massive value add. If you can find the right community, you can engage with people who are just like you, are open and honest from different sectors, you can learn from each other. So without further ado, I'm going to hand over to Kavita to tell you a little bit about what she does and what her business is up to. Kavita, over to you. Thank you very much. So I am. Uh, I have two organisations that I'm currently looking after or managing. One is a procurement um, solutions and services organisation and the other one is a tech startup, which uh, we launched as a, as a proof of concept in May, yep. and then we rebuilt it and uh, launched it in September, and now we're just about to go out for investment, so it's all very exciting. Fantastic, so let's start with the second one first. You started it, pilot sort of phase, or learning phase, took the learnings, pivoted, and then developed something, that w was that the sort of process Absol that went through? Yeah, well, what happened was, I actually had a startup a few years ago, so I had a lot of learning yeah. from, um, from that period of time. Unfortunately, that didn't work out, so this time I've taken all that learning and made sure that we did it the right way. So, yeah. minimal cost, minimal resource, test the market, make sure that we are getting traction, make sure we are getting revenue, and that it's something that people want. So, rather than just going out there and building something because we think we need it, um, which was one of the first um, reasons that we built it. We wanted to make sure other people needed it as well. So it was a great opportunity for us to test uh, and now yeah, we know that people want it, we know that people pay for it and, and off we go. And I think that's sort of, it, it's a subject that people don't like talking too much about but that revenue side of things is, abs I mean it's so basic but it's absolutely crucial. You can't run a business that isn't making money. You've got to try and sell it and work out how you're selling it and who you're selling it to and what the customer wants. And it's crucial to keep that area in mind. And a lot of businesses sadly don't keep that area in mind and do struggle. Or as you rightly said, look at the way the business is set up and keep on going down that route without take, stopping, taking stock, taking the learnings and develop. Was that quite challenging to do that? Was that quite a difficult moment for you to take, right, stop, this isn't going right, this is what we're going to do and this is how I'm going to take the learnings from here and develop it into something that's sustainable here. Well, I wish it was that straightforward. Actually, it was going really well. <laughs> and my biggest learning um, is from, from the first time round was actually more around having the right team. Right. Uh, and when you don't have the right team, things can go wrong very quickly. So um, unfortunately, we took, we, we obviously taken a learning from getting to the point of getting investment, which is what we did last time. But this time it was having the right team yeah. and proving the model um, before we did anything else. Like you say, revenue is absolutely critical, um, particularly when you're going out for investment, to be able to prove that actually it's making money or when it is going to make money. Um, we aren't there yet in terms of the levels we want to hit, but having something come through the door 
it is hugely valuable to us, definitely. And, and the other thing is sort of where you're going to put your investment. So the other place we've, we've looked at is marketing, but what we've done this time is we've reduced, in fact, we've only spent 15 pounds on online marketing, but the traction we've got is huge. So we know that when we get the investment through, where we can put that money and where it'll be most effective. So you've got that proof of concept already, which again, will be attractive to investors. On the talent side, it's something we often hear, and I know you and I have been at numerous events, and it always comes up, like, talent is the struggle to growth and all the rest of it. Is there a specific way you found this talent? Because from my own experience, I find it quite difficult. I'm not a particularly great interviewer, I'm not a particularly good manager, and it's, it's a struggle for me. Are there any tips you have on that side of... I wish I did. I think it's, it's you know, it, it's, I think it's being open and transparent and honest about your organisation, yeah. um, and particularly where your organisation's going and what kind of culture you have, and I think culture's the most important, and being open when you're going through the interview stage and when you're finding individuals. Yeah. What we found on a couple of occasions is people have joined us and their expectations are very different to the reality you're a small business, we're a startup business, yeah. um, you know, it's very hands-on, it isn't nine to five, um, and I think sometimes um, people maybe have some misconception about sort of working with a new organisation and, yeah. and it might be a bit more a bit more structured than it possibly is, and yeah. it certainly isn't in our world. So it's <laughs> sort of having that, you know, enabling anyone that's coming on board to understand, right, where we are, being open and honest about that aspect of things, to know they're part of that journey. And there's also the other, I mean, I've heard it from other founders it's that sort of oh you're a startup and especially if you turn around and say i'm a tech star oh great so you've got ping pong tables and bean bags and and all of that sort of stuff which isn't again it's that sort of helping them understand what they're coming into and that sort of you're going to be most probably expected to do a number of different roles and have to be flexible around it and it isn't it isn't often easy for either side to manage that relationship. Absolutely, and things change so quickly as yeah. well. Uh, and having a team that can be agile and can, and can manoeuvre with you is really important so they don't get left behind. Yeah. And I think that's that's really important. And I think fundamentally is having the right tools as well, yeah. allowing people to, to be able to do their job properly, you have to give them the right tools and the right training um, yeah. when necessary. So and the right been... tools by that, what, what sort of advice you have So in terms of collaborative tools, yeah. in, online, um, being able for them to have even basic like hardware tools, having the yeah. right laptops, etc. Um, and having the right um, tools to manage their day their day job. Yeah. Um, we've I think we trialed probably about five or six different tools and, and we've ended up going back to the same ones. Yeah. Um, after sort of I think what happens is new ones come onto the market, everyone gets really excited, we share it amongst our sort of entrepreneurial community, try it and think, oh actually no, the old ones are probably better. Yeah. But I think having that in place and having that across the organisation before they start and then educating them on how to use and train yeah. them is, is absolutely fundamental. I think like you, you mentioned culture. Is like, it is talked about, but it is absolutely crucial, isn't it? For them to sort of buy into what the brand is, what they feel about the brand, for them to really, not only to feel welcome with it, but they actually feel a part of it. So it's an early stage startup. You want them, this is part of their journey. They're part of what is going on. And getting that cultural fit is always a challenge, I think, especially when it's your baby. It's you know? huge. No, I totally agree with you. And it's been really interesting for us because we've had the team come to us with the established business, which is Never K, yeah. and they have a very different relationship with the business because it was already there when they joined. And, and yes, they're very involved in it and, and helping us mm -hmm. develop it. But we've had um, individuals who came on the day we came up with the concept of Jacobi. Yeah. And for them, it's their baby because they were day, there on yeah. day zero. So um, absolute passion absolute, about where you're going. Yeah, absolutely. And, and very much involved. And, and um, very open and articulate about what they yeah. want to do with it, which is great because they, they really believe in it and it means yeah. that they're passionate about it. And one of the reasons why we've scaled up so quickly as well in such yeah. a short period of time. And let, let's um, go quickly on to Novocaine. 
What's the background of that? What's, how did that come about and what's the sort of the purpose of what you've done there? So Novocare came out of, oh, it, was, it was an idea I had when I was at the corporate. So I was in the corporate and we were doing procurement. I was uh, heading mm -hmm. up global procurement for BT conferencing. And um, I wanted to do something a little bit more. I wanted to help charities. So I got involved in volunteering and we started to work with some charities through BT's um, volunteering programme. Right. Um, and what I quickly acknowledged was a lot of organisations, a lot of charitable, not-for-profit organisations, didn't have the right governance and structure in place to manage suppliers and third yeah. parties when it came to procurement or buying. So I thought, this is a great opportunity. And I decided to leave and set up an organisation that did just that. So we focused very much in the charity sector and um, taking on that procurement maturity journey. Um, but also very quickly as a startup realised that charities take a long time to make a decision. Yeah. They're not the easiest to sell into. So we've had to sort of grow into other sectors as well, which has been hugely insightful, um, certainly helped our bottom line. Um, but we haven't taken off because of charities. We're but very it, keen is, to work it, it is an area people don't think too much about. It's like, well, I'll just go out there, I'll do a quick search, a Google search, and whatever it might be, and I'll just get a couple of it, and I'll go with that, whatever yeah. that price point is, yeah. without looking at what the process is. When you're with BT or when people have been with larger businesses, you tend to have a whole department that deals with that and sorts out the contracts and does all the due diligence and market analysis and price pointing. How do you get charities, or even, you know, same with smaller businesses, they're trying to do different things. This is just an area which possibly I could get a better deal, but I don't focus on. How do you sell it into them? What's their... Well, that's a challenge, and I think that's one of the biggest questions I ask, is organisations know they need marketing, they know they need sales, um, in charities it would be fundraising, yep. but they don't always think they need procurement, and typically buying is done by individuals who own the budgets. Yep. So it's, it's around sort of really selling to them the value of actually doing things more strategically, um, using best practice methodologies and being more structured in the way you do things and yeah. looking at things like risk not just cost I mean, cost is great and it's we all want to reduce costs where we yeah. can but it's about getting that value for money so that's where we start we tend to start with things like a policy how does everybody buy trying to get everybody doing the same thing but more importantly we don't we want we don't want to take people's um, we don't want to take power away from people we want yeah. to give them processes which are agile that allow them to be up front and um, at, the, at the front of doing all of their deals and yeah. their negotiations and those relationships, but at the same time giving them the tools and giving them the structure to allow them to do it in the right way. So it's very much around enablement. Absolutely. And providing them so again they can take it. Are, are you concerned that if you do that, do you become almost obsolete in that area? Or no, is not it at all. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's 163,000 charities. Uh, no, no, not at all. And I think it's really important to give people the tools. And, yep. and actually, they then value the, the, the stuff that we can do that they may not be able to do, sort of the, yep. the bigger negotiations yep. or the bigger projects and programmes. Because these individuals typically have day jobs, yep. so they're doing the buying on top, whereas what we specialise in is, is the buying. Well, and also, it's about having that relationship. You're Absolutely. providing more than just the product. You're providing an actual service, an actual value add, where you're helping them train and grow and skill themselves up. Absolutely. But, and just, you know, on a sort of topic of another area, come away from your business and more around in the, in the communities. Mm -hmm. What have you seen the value of communities are? You know, there are plenty of different founder <coughs> communities and startup communities and business communities you can be a part of. What, what has been the benefit to you? If, you're, if there's someone out there watching this thinking, right, I want to get my idea up, what would you say to them? I'd say community is everything. I think it's very lonely at the top. <laughs> and having a peer group to work with is, is very, very valuable. Yep. And particularly when things are going wrong. Yep. And where you can be open and you can be honest. You can say, you know, things aren't quite going to plan. And it's so comforting knowing that other people are going through the same journey, yep. have the same issues. Um, so I think community is, is hugely, hugely valuable. Not just to 
the people running the business, but also the people within the business, within yeah. the organisation. And for my team, I very much encourage them to become part of these, um, the wider community. Yeah. Um, I think the key for me is, is the support, it's the yeah. learning, and then being able to pass that on as well. So. Yeah, and I think they, you know, to sort of come back to a point, you know, key learnings for me in relation to this is obviously the power of community, but that power of relationships, not only internally with attracting and retaining talent and the right cultural fit, but that relationship with clients. And that can also be a massive competitive advantage. They'll stick with you, they'll stay with you, they'll trust you. Yes. And they'll also recommend you the sort of the power of testimonials from the sector to grow with reduced marketing spend is, is really important. But just to sort of finish on one or two top tips from your own journey, if mm -hmm. there is someone out there thinking about either scaling, growing, who's been always in a large corporate that has seen a market opportunity, mm -hmm. what would your advice be to them? I would say have, your, have a business plan, uh, forecast. And I think that's really important before you even sort of step into things. Yep. I think understanding your numbers is really important. Yep. Don't underestimate how long it'll take you to get your sales in. Um, some of our clients will go, yes, absolutely, and then it's three months down the line and we still haven't got the signed contract. So right. I think that building that in is really important. Having the right team, yep. having the right tools, which we've already discussed, and planning out your marketing. I think um, we, we, we take marketing, you know, we all have phones, we think, yeah, it's really easy, and there's a lot more to it. <laughs> Actually, that's a, you know, a really interesting point. You know, everyone who's got a, well, I'll just tweet out about it, or I'll put a post on Facebook or a picture on Instagram. It isn't that. It, again, it comes back to that relationship. You've got to engage with your customers and find out from the sort of marketing plans and stuff you've pulled together, what's been your learnings on that side? What has been? Oh, well, the biggest learning is not everything's digital. I think we've all sort of, in the last two or three years, thought, yeah, let's just go online, yeah. let's go and use all these platforms. Really I think that's hugely, hugely powerful, but actually the power of having material, printed yeah. material, and those face-to-face, I don't think you can get away from those. Yeah. Those are probably the most important things. And putting that effort into building those relationships on that side is crucial. Kavita, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you all so much for watching. We hope you found it of interest. A massive shout out to Samira from The Creative Roots who's helped pull this together. Anything on the AV side, give her a shout. She is absolutely amazing. Kavita, again, thank you so much. If you have got any insights, top tips, thoughts you want to share on some of the topics we've covered, in this interview, please do add them to the relevant section below. We want to hear from you. We're all part of a big relationship. We can all help and grow and learn together. We haven't all been through the mistakes. Certainly, Kavita's had some of her learnings. I've definitely had some of my learnings. So I'm sure you all have had your learnings as well. So thank you for watching, Kavita. Thank you so much. Cheers.